0: the last one standing two hands in the air i'm a champion you'll be looking up at me when it's over i live for the battle i'm a soldier yeah i'm a fighter like rocky put your flag on your back like Ali. yeah i'm the greatest i'm stronger bet my dudes can't lose i am own
1: yeah hey. hello and welcome back to another episode of supercatch insider my name is ben
0: and i'm Swiss.
1: And thank you for joining us for our team-by-team team analysis series. We've got Essendon, ladies and gentlemen, a team that we have to be super nice and considerate of today. Uh, before I move on, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok, all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, Soundcast, Stitcher, you name it. YouTube, search for us, Supercoach Insider. Also brought to you by a condensed uh, – let me go label that. That's not going to work very well. Splashvodka.com.au. Shout out to them as well. Swizz. Tell us what's happening here, mate, because um, I was getting ready to talk a whole bunch of smack talk, but it looks like I need to change my tact.
0: Well, yeah, I, I actually don't know what's happened to his screen. Can you see that, Benny boy? Yeah, no, mate, you're but... just assorted. It's uh, pretty much like
1: Essendon's top eight chances this year.
0: <laughs> yes, but uh, <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> we've got Bryony <clears throat> joining us there in the screen, Essendon supporter, also my wife. So thank you, honey, for coming on. Uh, you might want to check your visuals there too, Bry, because it's uh you nah, little... it's fine. The, this is a bit cute.
1: This is a bit cute. It's probably just the processing, mate. It's fine. It'll
0: no, probably good. wash that's out. Good. Probably It'll come out the wash Good, good, good. We hope it does. But yes, yes. Welcome, Brian. you have a long-time listener, first-time viewer, caller, joiner. Yep, welcome. Long-time forced listener. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, probably I can actually accurate. be part of the action instead of listening through the room.
1: I feel the same way when I go and stay at hotels. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> let, let, let's go through it. How long you? How long have you supported Essendon, Bri?
2: Or Oh, uh, probably since. Oh, I don't know. I think it's about twenty years. Yep, and I've been and going and to the games. a member of the club for a long time. Yep, oh, AFL member. That's correct. Um, yeah, had some had some ups and downs. That's for sure. See, I can respect that
1: there for the long haul the highs and lows brisbane bears into brisbane Lions. you got to appreciate the hard times in order to get to those good times so i, I can i can appreciate that um swizz all right let's get into having a look at the draw the fixture uh has to be an easy fixture when you come down the bottom of the ladder there um hit us up what, what does it look year, it's like this an year an
0: easy fixture for us then so let's <laughs> um... be nice <laughs> okay so Essendon Overview, finished 15th, uh, 7 wins, 15 losses, percentage of 83.2. They beat the Crows in a close win, lost to Collingwood by under a kick, that heartbreaking one where, was it Jamie Elliott after the siren of that? Um, Claude Ben's not here to recap that one. Uh, their best wins, I actually saw their best win up in Brisbane. Um, with you, Benny Boy, that was a good day, wasn't it? Yeah, not really. Oh, horrible <laughs> yeah. day.
1: No one, oh, okay, okay. No one get me started. Yeah. Zach Merritt, no attention at all. Um, Neil got tagged. No one did nothing. And literally, Zach, we were sitting there. No hmm. one paid attention to Zach Merritt, Killed us. Absolutely yeah. killed us. Absolutely destroyed
0: us. So that was, that was I forgot just, all about that too. Thank yeah. you. And I think, Bri, you might have seen the other best win, Sydney at the MCG. Were you there for that one?
2: I think I was. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. It was all a bit of a blur in the end. Uh, we didn't have too many highs. So, yeah.
0: So that was that uh, third worst defense in the league with three scores above 138 kicked against them. Uh, the question is, how do they solve this with no real key into their back line? Yeah, Hurley and Francis didn't play last year, but are still part of their that squad. Um, yeah, so they haven't really replaced anyone that's of, of note for that. Uh, what does Brad Scott ch- change with their game plan? Reports are uh, more kicking and control, switching of the ball, especially through half back. A bit more patient playing the territory game. Um, and they rank 16th for experience and 15th for age. So that's a bit of a list profile. Um, but the big thing there is obviously the new coach and the seed that that change of game plan. Interesting. They actually got Montgomery. Uh, I don't know if that's how you say his
1: name, but a mature age intercept defender. I'd yeah. consider that a defender there, Swiz, but uh, maybe well, not
0: key, key stocks. Maybe yeah, not, well, I guess yeah. it's, yeah, I guess Well was through the, um, was that through that? That was through the rookie draft, and I think that's why. Well, uh, Nico and I were talking about that earlier, trying to work out why he's popped up in so many teams. Um, so maybe that's what people are thinking: going, okay, this guy's in the rookie draft for a reason, um, because they've obviously really shortened that defense with uh, what is it, Redmond and Ridley, uh, Bry's favourite player, um, Zerk Thatcher, <clears> and um, <laughs> and then uh, Young Reed in there, who's obviously um, you know still developing. So. Yeah, I think no, you know, I believe have Jake I was
2: uh, defending We have Jake Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. And oh, Cal- Kelly's
0: what one ninety, and, and yeah, but Jake, about that same Jake Kelly,
2: Laverdy, Ridley, and Redman are our setback With McGrath, we'll be yeah. back.
0: But there there's no real the score gorilla. Score.
2: No, oh, the whole team's a bunch of gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here I was being nice. I was end up you know, standing up to defend them, and I know rookies are generally coming a little bit later, but um. Yeah, I mean, as far as in the, I think it was the Sample, he had the most um, intercept marks for all non-AFL listed players. So another intercept marking defender. So I think that's pretty interesting. And um, it's funny that you talk about the strategy that they're looking at using because it sounds exactly the same as what St. Kilda doing. You know, like um, control the ball when you have it, you know, run with speed, coming out of the defensive line and take it on. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah,
0: uh, so 7, it's got 7% got him in so far. Um so yeah, there might there might be something on that and maybe come round one. A perfect 102k is exactly what our super coaches are looking for. So um yeah, we'd be happy if he gets some early games. Uh so the ins and the outs in the big one we've talked to, the 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 goat for Essendon, will set a field trade from Carlton. Um then we've got uh, Sam Wiedemann from Melbourne. Yeah, you're happy with weeds, aren't you there, Broy? <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: well, we'll see. Um, then Elijah Charters um pick uh, five in the draft, uh 187 centimeter ball winning midfielder of unfortunately he's already injured, but hopefully he gets through that because the kid's got a lot of talent. Lewis Hayes, 25, and then the Davy Twins, pick 45 and pick fifty-four. So they're definitely going to add something up into those, those forward lines and and um and pushing up to the wing. Um, I think Jaden's carrying a bit of an injury, but but they're both father sons. Uh, Anthony Munukara, I think that's it. Um, which is the category B rookie, and I think he's another small forward in there. And we've obviously talked about uh, Rhett Montgomery and outs gone. Hurley retired, Smith's retired, Cutler's been delisted, Thomas Hurd's delisted, Garrick McDonough is delisted, Brand delisted, Ham. Delisted Alec Waterman. I thought he was a bit unlucky to get delisted. Josh Ayer, Adam, Adam uh, Aaron Francis has gone up to Sydney, Tip, and then it's Tipper who did retire, but then he's been re-listed. So, quite a few changes there for the Bombers.
1: How do you say um, that name, Twiz? That Anthony, how do you say it?
0: Anthony, was it M- M- Mankara? Am I saying that right?
1: You say like Manuka. Manuka. I was like, oh, I Manuka. Manuka his nickname's his nickname's honey.
0: Yeah, honey. Like. <laughs> honey on this show. Um so we've got playing twice. They've got Collingwood, Geelong, Giants, North Melbourne, Port Adelaide and West Coast. So the good there is we've predicted GWS, North Melbourne and West Coast to be down that lower end of the ladder. So there's potential um for some wins there for the um for the bombers. The obviously negatives is Geelong, Collingwood and Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide you expect to rebound a little bit better up the ladder. Geelong's obviously going to be the tough one. Um, their first four is actually very friendly. Hawthorne away, which will, I think is that Eddie had still. It might be at Marvel, it might be the G. Uh, Gold Coast at home, St Kilda away, and GWS at home. So uh, I know a few people have talked about Parrish and Merritt early. It could definitely be something to look at. Their last three is also North Melbourne, GWS, and Collingwood. The buyers round 14. So, yeah, no, I think that's not a bad draw that, and um, we talk about a couple of those premiums in Parish and uh, and Merritt that we'll get into in more detail in a second. But yeah, with those sort of draws, we know how um, well they find the ball. Definitely somebody to be looking at, I think, early. Yeah, like I, I do like Merritt and
1: Parish, and sometimes I can't split them apart because I mean they're both very different players. Um. Zach Merritt usually finishes the year extremely strong, which happened again last year, and it happens every single year where if you can get him cheap enough, just jump on. Uh, That's pretty much where it sits. Now, I'd like to get some actual SNN opinion here because I'm not sure how they're going to structure up. Like, is Parrish the one that's going to just get that free sort of reign? Both miss games here and there, but I'm really interested to see more how, like, the coach sort of uses them. But... Parish, I I really like, except Zach Merritt has more 125 pluses and more 150 pluses in his repertoire. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I am not too sure. Bryony, what do you think?
2: I think if you're going to want to choose a Merritt or a parish, I think Merritt probably is that high a scorer. He does find the handball a lot more. So, um Personally, I've never actually picked them in my teams. I did when I did the fantasy. I know Merritt was a gun there, but I've never actually put him in my Supercoach team, to be honest. Um, uh, Yeah, so I would probably, if you're wanting to go one of those two, I'd go Merritt, but personally I won't be going any.
1: Yeah, I think the reason he's also a good upgrade option is, um, I think 32% of the time, uh, 32% of his games, he was under 100, which means that he's definitely going to be dropping some cash occasionally. So 15% of the time, under 80. So you can definitely, if he gets tagged, or just has an off round occasionally, you can actually pick him up a little bit cheaper. Um, Zach murray has been known to improve his time on ground over the last few years, because it was, I think, under the 80 mark. And I actually quite like his ceiling when he gets going as well. So, um I think he's probably the one to go as well, but again, I'd be looking at to probably upgrade at that point in time. Um, Parish goes for more hundreds consistently, but he doesn't have as high of a ceiling as of late. So I'd be kind of just yeah sticking with that one. Swiss Merit, Merit's, on Merit's the-
0: Merit's um t- um what is it, CBA percentage is actually quite low than what I thought it would be sixty seven percent. Um, so I I feel like. Like To me, there's some growth there, but then with all these extra midfielders that they're trying to rotate through, so you would think Parrish Shield merits your top three, but then Caldwell definitely was starting to come on his own throughout the year. I think McGrath drops more back to a half-back, but then you're looking at Hobbs, um, like Langford can run through there. Uh, They've got Archie Perkins, which I think a lot of people are still pretty bullish on, Um, and then obviously the young fella um, that they picked up this year. So... The bombers do have some depth to go through that midfield. So it'd be interesting how you know Scott kind of balances that.
2: One other thing is if Merritt does become our new captain, you know, how, how's he going to handle that? Is that going to elevate him? I don't know. And I don't know if he's our next captain either. It's out of him or McGrath, I believe. So
1: I can tell you what'll happen. Stress leave. A hundred percent stress leave <laughs> is what's going to happen to the captain of Essendon Football Club. Um, so yeah the two
0: so they're the two premiums and that and we always bunch them together because they're practically the same price 617 and 610 um and they always seem to be around that mark about around that top 10 as you said yeah you usually um can pick it up more merit yeah, you pick up cheaper I always seem to be able to pick him up cheaper around the buyer seems to be that discussion every year um where the um it's a, i think it's parrish has got the ability to go big like because he's more that contested inside ball winner um we've seen it before when he gets going um and you you wouldn't want to miss out if he goes like you know a couple of big 130s um so I, I find he he doesn't have the the kind of the standard deviation he's got the better standard deviation which obviously means the more consistent price scoring or price you know
1: yeah and parrish too. is also 2 years younger so um, there's definitely scope for him to kind of improve. Um, definitely valid um, considerations with these other people coming in. If there was, you know, scope, I guess, Shield and desires um, or whatever, they're probably outside players. So maybe Merritt might be a little bit more inside-outside because he is a really good um, runner as well. Whereas Parrish, I think, is kind of limited to the role that he'll have and he does that well. So it depends on Scott as well because, you know, Scott's a bit of a, a tough nut and a bit of a hard nut from you know, Brisbane. So I can see him possibly even just giving Parrish the, the keys to just be a bully and rack up contested ball. It's going to be interesting to see how they
0: sort of use them. But, Brian, what what I, happened last year? Was it Parrish got injured in a game? Because I saw he got a 51 and I was thinking, was that the game he went off at like halftime or something like that or the second quarter?
2: Dave, I, I can't he remember some games every single that, game inside and out, I'm afraid, unlike you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, Dave I also think got it, a 51 I, I, from the bad I, I'm, game. I'm pretty sure he must have... There was a I game there him. where where he he I'm pretty sure he must have got injured around half time or something, because I think he definitely missed the next it was against the blues. He got fifty one, then didn't play the next two weeks. Uh, strapped
1: left calf, quarter yeah. one, and subbed in quarter three. So pretty much had it half uh, strapped, strapped in quarter one, um, stopped his spread, so pretty much was a pretty much useless after that, after yeah. his calf was strapped. And then yeah, 10 possessions for the whole game. So leading
0: done. into that. He had 121, 113, 133, 111, 139, 109, 128, 142. And then got he was injured. a hater. So you could actually say there's some meat on the bone for Parish. Um, because yeah, you take that 51 and then when he came back, yeah, he had a 120, but then he's got 87 and 103. So obviously coming back from that injury, you know, you're gonna have a couple of down scores. Um so yeah, we talk about, you know, a little bit of value and sometimes these premiums, what he's just put compared to what he was putting up and even at points of um, the year before, uh, where I know he obviously had um, a definitely a good run of games, um, especially when I think it was Anzac Day, uh, when he, yeah, he went the 162 and then still pumped up 134, 152, 136 and a 166 and then that 190 at Geelong. Um, this, I think maybe that he might be in even his peak and might be really underestimated by the Supercoats community and especially with that early draw, um, if he's that bull in that midfielder, he's the one that's got to let him have the keys. Um, we could be looking definitely, at him, maybe a 120 midfielder. Definitely underestimated. I think he was about close
1: to 118 at one point. Mm. Um, and if there wasn't meat on the bone, he would be called perish, not perish. Um, <laughs> I do like him as a player. I kind of rated him highly uh, previously, but again, looking at that run of, uh, you know, quite a few games, a slow start um, and then kind of yeah, really got into his element after that sort of round four mark. So. It'd be interesting to see. So working out the true average off that, um, taking that one into consideration. So yeah, that's, that's the two premiums. Um, Redmond, I guess we should probably even touch on, is probably on your list of someone that might be a premium. Where do you want to go next?
0: Yeah, well, I was going to go to more breakouts than that, but he's definitely um something worth talking about. It's just, again, with that defense, what kind of role he plays on. He seems to... Like there was definitely a shift, was it the year before when Ridley went down injured? like Ridley started the year on an absolute heater, um, not obviously last year, but I think the year before and then was it the Brisbane game he got injured. and then Redmond kind of came in that role. and we so we saw that bit more. And then last year, I think a lot of people thought Ridley would move back into that role, but they really went with Redmond and then he absolutely had some massive games. Um, my only concern there is, um, what does Scott do? Do they kind of change? Is it more with the McGrath coming out? Um, because, yeah, we we saw with that, was it the 144, the 152, the 176? Um, but those last three matches, 68, 63, 55. So, again, they had that role change for him, um, and, and it makes it tough to pick. If I, If we knew that he was that kind of rebounding defender and he was kicking the ball out of the 50, um, all the time, then I wouldn't have a problem. Um, but yeah, who? how do we know it's not going to be a four-week patch with him and then Ridley comes and does the exact same thing?
1: Speaking of Ridley, I've had a few people put him in their sides in the last week saying, oh, he's free now. Like he is now going to be freed up as an intercepting player and this, that and the other and five hundred, four thousand. 4000 So again, similar price point to Dacos and, and Himmelberg, but it's almost like you're jumping at shadows. I do like Ridley. I think he's a great ball user. I think he's great for that side and great in that defensive line. But at the same time, are you, you know, even when he was doing well, it was like a, what, a 98.7 average. Hmm. I, I could take the wrist in draft, right? I'd, I'd, you know, Redman and Ridley, I think you kind of go, okay, well, 92. Redman, you'll pick him up thinking you'll probably get around you what you're paying for. Ridley, I'd probably pick him up a little bit earlier, thinking that there might be a little bit there if he does get that role. Um but in standard, again, you need that 100 plus at least as a minimum.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I don't have the confidence I would, you know, some of these other defenders that we're talking about. And, and it's that whole conversation, they're in that price bracket with Dacos and Himmelberg. So I know a lot of people are looking more left field. And we're talking about is Dacos kind of too highly owned. Um, but at the same time, I just, yeah, there, there's definitely, we lot we talk about ceilings. We love that ceiling. That middle of the year average of 106, fantastic. But yeah, what happens if he loses that role again um, for for Redmond's sake? And then Ridley, it's the same thing. It's like, what happens if they need Ridley to play more key defensive in some of those games? Um, and then obviously that that moves away from that intercept marking role. But I think everybody knows he can do it and thinks he will do it. But who's that extra defender? We've just talked about potentially a rookie coming in and doing it. We've, you know, Zerk Thatcher's probably the gorilla, but do they actually go with him at the start And that? Possibly. Uh, I, I, I want to see how their defensive setup is, is first. Apparently Zerk
1: is impressing as well. Bri, I want to get your opinion as far as, um, A, are you a Ridley fan? And B, I have to ask this question. Do Did you or do you like Devin Smith? I know he's not there anymore. <laughs>
2: Um, well, but first I really of want to know. All, yes, I am a Ridley fan. I'm a Ridley and Redmond fan. Um, yeah. Who I, wins they, though? If
1: they're both your children, who wins?
2: <laughs> Redmond. Ooh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. But, yeah, their roles were changed last year. So Redmond was, like, amazing, but then Ridley, yeah, did not thrive in that kind of uh, change So as uh, Dave was saying, it will be interesting to see what Scott does. Does he bring them back so they're both really good or does he keep their positions the same where Redmond's thriving and Wrigley's still struggling? So that will be interesting. Um, As regards to Devin Smith, uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Enough said. (laughs) He's gone. He's gone. You can talk.
2: We got probably one year maybe from him and that was about it. A bit disappointing. Um, Yeah. Just didn't really do much for, I guess the price and money that we had to pay for him and everything else. I think we got probably about one year out of him, and that was about yeah, it. But, but to be honest, at least shield's done
1: something. At least Shield's done something, and uh, it's okay. SC elites are still waiting for Devin Smith to do something for him, so you're not alone. you're not alone. I know it wasn't a like, million, a hundred, it was like a hundred. It's like a hundred dollars. Windguard. I think it was like hundred dollars or something on Devin Smith and against Petraka too. <laughs> Couldn't have been polar <laughs> opposites, so um, bad. Okay,
0: so my Speaking breakouts
2: backline though, Dave. Yeah. Did yeah. you not? Would you not put McGrath in the mix at all? I mean, he yeah, was I think McGrath Browning should be at the halfback line.
0: He I mean, he's in my notes coming up. So, um, in my is that your breakout? Mentions, but we'll go the breakouts oh, first. Not, not even a breakout. Mentions. McGrath has no, to be your no, breakout. He's too dear for a breakout mate. But a breakout
1: as in premium. Breakout well, towards a premium. Be premium.
0: You could You see it happening. He definitely. It's see not it. like
1: a. Yeah, he's an yeah. expensive okay. price, he's but it's not that, like hey. That mixed. Well, it's I, not I like really, who's mid price are breaking out to a premium. It's like who's yeah. who's actually capable of becoming yeah, a premium. He, well,
0: he's capable. Definitely capable. I don't know if what's, he's his, what's his. What's the others. What's his max? <sighs> one 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 seven one eight.
1: Jeez, I was, I was going to say hundred on the nose, but yeah. Oh, I,
0: I, like I think it max, like if they if they ran the ball through him all the time and he was just running through half back, yeah, sure, there's potential. Uh, that, that's what I was more thinking. I was going, like, oh, maybe one, two, one, three, but you said max. I see a world where he could go one seven, sure, but I'm not confident on it. Yeah, not with Redmond and Parrish yeah, and everyone
1: right. else. Um, yeah, but and it, if they, down there, etc. The
0: only thing is, is this chip and charge patient ball movement, does he get on the end of that? And that's where I think there's a world where he could go 1-7. I don't think, but I'm not confident on that. But I still I'm see. I'm also also concerned he's only
1: played 75% of the last three years. So he's yeah, missed well, that, quite a few. That's the bigger issue. Yeah. Yes. Whereas Ridley's only missed 5%, so that's not yeah. a bad run.
0: Yeah. Bad I runner. still think you're getting, you could potentially getting 12 to 15 points on McGrath with picking him. But again, it's that set up, um, and I want to see it in preseason before, making the move. If he's anywhere near that midfield, I don't want to touch him. Yeah. If he's in
1: uh, for draft, I'm keen to pick him at a 90-plus. Yeah. You know, he's, a, what is that 86.9. So if, in low 90, if you kind of start to get a bit thin through that 90 range, uh, I think there's definitely enough upside if at 90 flat. Some people might jump super early, like 95 or whatever. I'd let them take the risk at 95. Yeah. But between 90 to 95 in that range, I'd pick him up in draft.
0: Yeah. I had him 90 to 92. Yeah. That, so. Yeah, I think
1: that's a good, that's a good spot.
0: Mm. Yeah. I'd be happy with all that. right.
1: Who's on your breakouts?
0: Uh, well, he, he, I just can't see this guy being a breakout because he hasn't shown the ceiling. But everybody asks about him, and that's Sammy Draper. Draper. Yeah, yep, yeah. yep, yeah. good, good guess. Yeah, which is uh, he's in seven percent of teams, nearly eight percent right now. Uh, and you can see why because everyone's looking at cheaper rock and thinking, you know, it's got to happen, doesn't he? And that, uh, but yeah, he's it just he's uh, he's scoring potential attention when we talk about ceiling, like last year, one, two, three, three tons, like, and not, and the highest was one thirteen. Like, you know, there's, there's guys. Well, we just talked about Redmond, and his ceiling was it? What it was one ninety? Like, how can you pick a rock who's he scored three tons last year? I just don't see it. I think he's more that highlights package, impact player, heart and soul for the bombers, and the bombers supporters are going to love him for the next ten years. But I just don't think he's going to be a super coach option.
1: You still got time. Now, oh, bro, are you a are you a, a mullet fan? Definitely and,
2: not a mullet. I am so, a
1: draper uh, fan. <laughs> okay, right. I was gonna say if you were a mullet fan, then maybe we should probably try and get some uh crowdfunding to get Swiss to have a mullet, which would be the f- the funniest thing to see. Uh sports no. person of the year and a fresh mullet. Imagine if you did that, a wife beat a shirt and a <laughs> should, mullet as sports person that. of the That'd year. Be amazing. I'll buy a wig. A wig, yes, that'll, that'll be just as good. I uh, will call you the Bailey Smith, um, and also the goal of the year. Right, you're talking about discrediting the goal of the year winner, Swizz. Now he's in a, a good a good age profile, right? Now a Draper fan. I want I want to hear at what is he priced? Four hundred flat. He's very cheap.
0: Priced at seventy price two.
1: Yeah, well, what's that in price? Oh, yeah, so three hundred ninety eight thousand. Yeah. Okay, so he's twenty. He's twenty four years of age. Right, rucks generally get better. Uh, we saw Marshall; I think it was uh, around twenty-four actually when he started doing the ruck on his own. Had that really good season, and then all of a sudden, Paddy Wright has come in for a couple of years. I think he's now maybe twenty-seven. Marshall, right? So it's he's Draper's twenty-four years of age. He, he's got mm. a lot to come, and I think you're. I know it's um, understandable and realistic. He hasn't had too many hundreds, etc. But again, we're talking about twenty-four-year-old ruck. Brian, what do you think? I reckon he's got another level to him.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. um, I'd like him to actually uh grow this year, but you know he's a wild cat, so it's uh it'll be interesting. He needs to have a good mentor, I think um yeah, he's had a lot of injuries as well, so you say he's twenty four but he hasn't really he's only like played probably the last couple of years um took him a long time to get to our sole rock, uh but yeah. I don't know if I would even pick him in my super coach. I mean, when you said that price, though, it's kind of uh, appealing, but I don't, I think there's probably better options if I was to choose someone else. But um, yeah, I hope that he can uh, get taken under maybe a coach's wing a little bit and just kind of keep him on track because I think he's got a really good talent. He's got that spark. Um, You know, I really like Draper, but I hope that he doesn't go backwards or or plateaus. I want to, I want to see him kind of go to the next level, which would be good this year if he can.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's yeah, the one thing. You're right. He's played 43 games. So,
1: yeah, you mentioned true. that uh, he could use a mentor, but he might have to go off site to get a mentor. That's worth having. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, so I, the, I agree. I, I just think he's going to be. He reminds maybe sort of like that Ben McAvoy type scoring ruck and that like McAvoy's is fantastic player. Yeah, you know, he win a premiership or something. Like I don't know if he won two or whatever, but um yeah you, know, you never had him in his te- in your team i, I think he's always going to be around that mark he's going to be he's going to turn into that 100 sort of guy that
1: that's what i was thinking he might yeah. kind of go from 72 cuz he got 72 last yeah, year, i think 72, 72
0: like to maybe 2022 80s like like that 85 86 and then develop into that 100 guy i just yeah i was going to say I'm not excited 85
1: to 85 to 92 kind of like grundy kind of hovered grundy yeah. hovered around 90 for a, f- a couple of years yeah. before he sort
0: of took off yeah i um, just don't think that's going to be him. Like I could be wrong and he could, one, you just absolutely destroy the competition. But compared to some of the other rucks, I just, I don't think that's going to be that sort of guy. He's always going to be that in the draft. But, oh, you know, Riley O'Brien type McAvoy going to be that guy that we're going to pick fourth or fifth in the future. And that I, I don't yeah, see him being it, the top ruck. being
2: sole ruck as well, you kind Both of want to score more.
0: You know, you would so. expect
2: him to score more,
0: but
1: I don't know if um, I see it either. Here's where I am picking him in draft, right? So, if by some chance there's better value out there, everyone's kind of gone the rucks. I've got absolutely nobody there, right? I might, with whatever's left, I might kind of pick up a ruck, right? Maybe it's, um, you yeah, know, McInerney or maybe it's someone worse than that, right? Then I might actually double down and then kind of go, hey, well, maybe I'll go and get, um, you know, get Draper. And that way he can be a bit of security because sometimes it's actually really good having a couple of those fringe rucks on, so one on field, one on your bench. Because during the season, you never know. Because sometimes these rucks fly. Like Max mm-hmm. Gorn came out of nowhere. Sometimes it's nice to have just that backup ruck. And I've seen it before. Some people have had, uh, I think it was uh, Mumford as as their, their ruck. And then they had, um, and I think it was Sandy or something or other, as a backup that no one had. And next mm-hmm. minute, they're both just popping off. So I think it's it's not a bad option if you do miss out on the really good uh, amount of rocks in your draft league then maybe just kind of, hey, use a bench spot and pick up someone that might actually have that potential to take the next step.
0: Mate, this is the one that's going to get replayed throughout the year when people bloody cut and paste it and send it back to me when Draper's averaging 105 and be like, you remember when you said Draper's never going to average more than 100 in his career? And yeah, I, I can see it burning me, but we'll, uh, we'll go with that. All right, moving on on that. It's the man, it's the myth, it's the legend, Will Setterfield. Oh, no, can we are going to say Nick about? Martin. <laughs> well, actually, he's on the list. He's actually on the list. He's
1: but way better. But yes, he's way on. better.
0: But we've got to talk about Christmas man. Will that like crossing over from Carlton? Uh, I don't. I just don't actually see exactly how he fits in. We just talked Merritt. We talked Parrish. we talked about all these other midfielders: Caldwell, Sheal. Uh, that surely there was other teams. Like the, the only thing Essendon was probably crying out for was that tall midfielder. But I don't see how he becomes the fur the starting option on the field. That I, I I just don't see where else and there's nowhere else for him to play. But so, like, yeah, I think he'll be he'll probably come off the bench. He'll be handy, but I don't think the yeah what we the hype that Chris gave him last podcast is just not happening. Yeah, they
1: don't have too many tall midfielders. I That's mean, Hobbs thing. Hobbs is one eighty three. Um, it gets pretty thin, I think, uh, outside of that. I mean, Heppel's 189, but he's not really playing you know, pure mid or anything anymore. Heppel's not and, playing that uh, team, mate. Oh, no, I know. You know what I mean, though? it's Yeah, yeah, they are quite um, short. That's the only and, thing that's uh, going for him. I didn't realize Nick Martin was 190 centimeters.
0: There yeah. you go. It's
1: huge. Go figure. But, we'll, um, we'll get, so it, we'll Tezise, get my
0: boy Nick Martin in a minute.
1: I think Tezais is, what, 187 or something? It's a little bit yeah. taller for a midfielder. So at
0: 190. So yep. that's where the love is there for him. But I, um, yeah. yeah, as a breakout or a smoky or whatever, and that might be an option to chuck in your draft that later on. But, yeah, uh, I don't think it's really well of, relevant of any more chat about him. I know there's been a bit of love for Archie Perkins, um, so definitely somebody that's worth discussing. Um, it's just a, the Bombers have a lot of these guys that maybe it's just because of the way they've been coached and played for the last few years that – yeah, you know, everybody's thinking, is this going to be the year? Um, You know, there's, and he's only, what, he's only his third season in the system, is it? Or that, like, he's maybe fourth year. So he's only 20 still, 39 games, that 185 centimetres, can, you know, high draft pick. Um, So I, I think definitely some upside there. It's just, again, what role does he have? If he's playing up in that forward line, it's a no thanks. If they want to transition him into the midfield, then, yeah, somebody to keep your eye on. See, I'm looking at the list, right? And if
1: I'm an Essendon supporter, I'm hoping that they take strides. It's like, kind of like what Sydney has done and Fremantle have done to an extent because they do have some talent because I'm sitting here looking. I'm like, well, you know, Nick Cox, highly rated. He was an absolute freak. He was, what, nearly 200 centimetres mm-hmm. on the wing and, and picking it up around his feet, running into the forward 50, kicking goals. Uh, injury last year, right? So I'm um, looking at him as someone who should be able to kind of actually add value this year. Um, you know, Wanganin, Tizias, you know, a few of these other guys sort of coming through. Really good pickup um, last year when we're talking about, um, oh, was it Martin? So, you know, just sort of seeing where else. Yeah, Perkins, you have Perkins, you've got Cedarfields now coming into that team. you got Hobbs, right? Langford, I'm waiting for him to kind of take that next step as well because he's been hovering around as a really serviceable player but can you take that next step to be someone that is actually damaging where opponents kind of like, oh, I can't leave you alone. I can't just leave you with a little bit of space because you are too impactful. And um, everyone on this list, you know, Zerk Thatcher, I'm really excited with him, with Draper. The only one I still don't
0: like is Jake Stringer. <laughs> He's the only one on that list. Um, yeah, so the, so the other ones I do like and I've got d- down here is um, big fan. Of, we talked about McGrath, but Nick Martin and Sammy Durham. Um all, all reports about Martin is absolutely oh. training the house down. Uh, Put on three kilos. Yeah, departure of Cutler. So there was a wing position available, and he has been absolutely smashing it out there on the wing. Um, so a lot a lot of love for him. I've got a lot of love there for draft. I think definitely somebody I'm looking at picking up late. Um, yeah, we obviously only had that first season where he came in as a – was it um, – I don't know if it was supplement list or – rookie draft or something. But yeah, it was that first game where it was it kicked five goals, uh, mid forward. You know, he's a bit bit expensive if you're looking him at a super coach because he had the, you know four hundred and thirty-six K. But definitely had some scores in the nineties last year. Like he, he a couple of those in the hundred. He was a very he was an awesome rookie to own. Um, but yeah that no one, two, three, four, five, six. So he's got six scores there of ninety um i plus the two hundred so eight scores above ninety last year plus an eighty eight so definitely knows how to find the ball and if he's put on some size about him um yeah, as a wingman yeah you you definitely definitely want um a piece of him in draft who's going to um play you know he's going to be forward in our super coach teams. the more impressive part is
1: you know so he he came in had to develop you know get into the system. Yeah, build your fitness because obviously when you're a full-time footballer, everything's a little bit different, right? And then you have the season. Then off-season, it's just gone, yeah, next level. So not only did he put on three kilograms, he still won the club's 2K time trial after they came back from Christmas. So he's put on size Mm. but also still fit enough to run out, which I think is absolutely outstanding. Because sometimes when you put on too much size, it kind of impacts your running and you start to get a bit heavier. So that's kind of the issue that some of these young players have when they come into the system. They need to get bigger to be able to be AFL ready, but then it's like, well, how do you get bigger and still be fast? Mm. And he's put on 3Ks and still won the time trial after Christmas. Outstanding. So I'm looking that way for draft. Yeah. Um, Brian, any, any, who, who are you looking at watching this year? Standard drafts.
2: Oh, well, Nick Martin is exciting because, I mean, I even had him in my super coach team last year and he was a gun. So I was like, Well, oh, that's very exciting. I don't even know if I can – Contemplate putting him in again, but he's training the house down and on a win. Um, I can't see actually Nick Cox getting in, to be honest, unless there's a spot for him because he. Uh, I think Nick Martin's got his spot at this stage. Um, right. if they've changed his position. I mean, Nick Cox and Perkins came in there together and they're exciting. But uh, last year, I can't, uh, I can't do
1: it to you, you, Brian. (laughs) So I got to keep my my head out of the gutter. I was going to say maybe if they maybe visit and buy some lube, uh, they'll fit him in. Um, Yeah,
2: (laughs) so sorry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I don't know. Uh, To be honest with Brad Scott, I don't, I don't know about any of our team. To be honest, I mean anything can go. It can all go up from here. So. I think if you're picking Essendon players for Super Coach, I think it's a bit of a gamble because no one really knows where anyone's particularly playing or, or their positions are being changed from last year. So, yeah, it's, just, it's going to be a bit of a watch the space. I think.
0: Yeah, I, I think that the two that, as I said, with Martin and Durham, they seem to have those wing roles locked up. With the most likely, you've got Hind down there. If Heppel plays, it's. It's probably going to be half back McGrath, likely half back. You got Ridley Redmond, so that's kind of for you know taking formation. Uh, so the forward lines are probably a bit up in the air at the moment. You know, a couple of injuries. What happens with the small forwards, and then do any of those sort of Langfords Perkins those sort of guys fit in there? So with Cox, I just have no idea of how he fits in. You know, two hundred centimeter guy, a lot of talent. But, Yeah, if you've got Martin at 21, mature age, like right, you know, he came in at mature age, and, and we say that not like your regular, you know, 24, 25, but it's still is a sort of 20, 20 year old last year. Um, he's, you know, he's going to be turning 22, I think, throughout the season. Yeah, he's just going to go strength to strength, and I think he's definitely locked that one role. And, and I love, I've really liked what Durham's done since coming, you know, across from I think Richmond's VFL. Um, he's been training really well, um, you know probably kneel just behind Martin in the training. It just depends if they want to run him off the half back or the half forward. But I think wings definitely looking like his role. So it's another kind of smoky there in draft because um, you are beginning probably looking at him at that, uh, you know, maybe uh, depending on how deep everyone's draft goes, but it's going to be one of those late rounds. I'd be happy to have him sitting on my bench with the hope that he can put 15, 20 points on with no dramas there if he's got a wing work role. I have no idea who Durham is. No idea, right? Look him up.
1: Great. Oh, tech no, I, I know people. who he is. Okay. <laughs> I know who he is. Okay.
0: More of a visual person because I was
1: like, who the hell is this person? He played 20 games or whatever. I know who he is. Got yeah, long, yeah. long, long moppy hair. Yeah, that's yeah, it.
0: That's it. That's it. Yeah. And he only averaged like 64 last year. But then there were some, I think, sub affected games, couple of games were not good positions and that. But he definitely showed some games where he could score 90s. And it's because he's only a midfielder. It's definitely just a draft one because it's role dependent. If he looks like lining up on that opposite wing to Martin, then as my my bench midfield spot, I'm happy to throw him on there. With that look with at that, or he could be an interesting early waiver one, but just to keep an eye on for people because I think he's, you know, as I said, it's at sixty four. If he's playing wing, there's no there's potential there that he could go an eighty. Um, so just some somebody to just as a left field to watch out for that because we know when we get to those late rounds, it's really lucky dip. So you might, you might get to oh, that bench is. spot and you go, Oh, they're there. Oh yes. Durham. I've heard about him playing wing. Yeah. Or maybe half back might be worth uh, take a punt on. Yeah, That's usually where
1: everyone does their best work in in any draft, in any draft, you, the first five, maybe even 10 picks are pretty simple. Mm. And the first five to 10 picks don't generally win you the premiership. If you have a good, if you, if you run captains then a good captain can definitely help one that stays on the park outside of that, it's usually the depth that you pick because they're the, you know, 10, 15, 20 points you're picking up per player. And that's pretty much where the depth kind of comes in. And that's why I think Chris and I generally do really well in our draft leagues because once things get real, you know, and you're picking kind of out of turn and you're looking at a lot of scope, that's where a lot of people tend to fall down. So I think that's definitely um, something to look at and consider. Just trying to have a look here. You got corked, I think, on some seven, round 17, off in quarter one in round 14. So it looks like you got injured a couple of times. Yeah, some there is. So I said that, that's quarter. why
0: that 64 average is probably yep. high 60s. And I think 80 with another year under the belt playing in the right role um, is now the question. So with. Exactly as you said, you know, mate. We're looking for those bench spots to add fifteen points. That, that's my baseline. If I can get twenty out of them, even better. And that's you know, all of a sudden, instead of my M, like let's just say you play M six, so my M seven is already scoring maybe as good as. like what did you get McGrath last year at like what M four M five or something like that? So I've got a bench player scoring as well as one of your on field, you know, and not and not even just your M six; it's your M four or five. You know, that's a tick for me so that's yeah you know, it's always you're looking at those sort of players late as you said to win drafts and that's and that's where the most successful draft players do their best work so and yeah, even no if that,
1: they're late it's risk is fine yeah, if they're no if, if they're injury prone but mm-hmm. they have a high ceiling and high capabilities if they put a full season together then a bench spot's perfect because if they don't perform or they don't look well or they get injured, you can just fob them off anyway. That's right. You I think just... I picked up I think I think picked up Sean Higgins once. He was one of my maybe second last player. No one rated him and he was a forward. And Higgins came out and averaged like 100 odd and just went absolutely gangbusters to the point where it just absolutely defines your season. And there's mm-hmm. so many of these kind of types of players, either breakout or ones that, you know, like, okay, well, maybe they're, they're averaging low, they were injured, but you get to the scraps of things. And it's like, okay, well, this person has averaged well before. So just put them on your bench and then roll the dice and see if it comes through.
0: Yeah, I think it was a Sydney ruck about three or four years ago. Was it Sinclair or someone like that? I know one of the guys in my, my league picked him up at like round 21 or 22 and went on average like 90 or some, something stupid like that from a guy who you've picked up as your you know, second last pick or last pick. Like just ridiculous. Um, and then you, you just everybody else is behind him. Um, behind and you're just chasing, hoping to pick a waiver guy that might come somewhere close to that. Like those people who picked up Nick Martin as your waiver last year. Fantastic because you had him all year as a forward just flying. So um yeah. They're, they're, I it's, love it's the waiver. Moments. Oh the waiver's great I love the waiver I win too absolutely. many early games to really impact the waiver but that that annoys me. I need to I really need to I throw around one them. this year. I need to and throw then you put up a few options and just pick up the best option and then have my team set.
1: And they come out super early, too. Do, so many time. early options. Um, yeah, it literally defines everything. I still remember Bloody Chris jumping on Clayton Oliver before I could, you know, on the waiver where you kind of, everyone's watching, Ah, you know, oh, this guy might have some talent, second year mm-hmm. player, whatever it was. And then I was watching him, like, oh, I might just watch one more game. And then the game was on, and I think it was about half time. Clary towered up in like the intra club, uh, not intra club, in the JLT or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I go online, I was like, right, half time, like, I've got to get this guy, jump on. And I was like, he's gone. And then Chris got him at like quarter time. I was yeah. like, fuck you, Chris, literally. Right. And he went and averaged 115 that year. Yeah. Um. The other thing to note as well, just quickly, because we're off topic, sorry, Bright, uh, draft purposes. Um. Also, don't be too alarmed on everyone sl- that slides or passes somebody. Because I remember as it's led, a lot of people passed over. And Callum Mills, a lot of people passed over. Mm. Both came out and were like top six, right, mids. Just because, oh, one had a little bit of less of a preseason or someone just, oh, I don't prefer them. I'll just want to, if they just want to jump and go at the the next it thing, then take the value. Take the value that's there. So that's happened quite a few times. I think it happened a few years ago, Chris. Uh, no one wanted uh, Jackson McRae. I think he was a forward, average 107, became a mid only as a 107 mm. mid. And it was like, oh, no, I don't want a mid averaging 107. And then Chris was like, cool, everyone passed on him. And Chris, I think it was down to maybe 102 average. He's like, cool, I'll get this guy, 107 or whatever, as you know, a bit of mid. And then he ended up going, like 120-something and was his captain. So sometimes you've got to look and people will go for, oh, everyone's going up in value. But sometimes what's in front of you is actually the best deal you
0: can have. Yeah, exactly. But I'm actually quite surprised with some of these bombers. Like, I don't think they're going to have a, c- a successful year on field, and it's probably not their time. We've talked about that list demographic. But for supercoach reasons, um, and their fixture, does you know, definitely worth watching because I think there's a few players there who might just become sneaky options for us that we never really thought thought of. Oh, I think Essendon's capable. Come on, Bryce, sell him He's he's been
1: talking smack <laughs> all day. Um they are the bogey side for me. They're the team that when they're up and firing, you don't want to play. They are a team that, when they put it together, they are a top eight team. It's just about whether they can actually put it together and keep it together for long enough. But I think they're definitely a threat.
2: Well, same that's as like Collingwood any were. Anyone on their day, <laughs> you know, you don't want to play. But um, can only be can only be upwards from here. I think uh, I think we have finally got you know a coach and uh, on the right track and got a few players added to our list and. Cleaned out some dead wood. I think there's a few more players we could clean out. But um yeah, I think it can only go upwards. So yep. I reckon we um, will be a little bit better well, than uh the Richmond foe out there.
0: Oh um, I'm, 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 I'm disappointed we don't have the uh, two easy wins this year on that. We only get to play just once. It's not Brian all of us can that have that nine MCG a-
2: games in a row. So
1: <laughs> yeah. Well you say you've got a coach now, Brian, but didn't you just let like four go the last
2: three years? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm not 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 unhappy that rutten has gone. I must say.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair. I, I I love giving these uh, Richmond assistants uh, to the Bombers. Works out so. Hey, uh, well you can have them. Rutten back. All yours, Maddie Knights. What a star! Hey, Swizz.
1: Yeah, um, not speaking there. of speaking of stars, what about Brisbane Lions beating Richmond? Uh, just was it just before the siren in the final? Yeah. You should you should have made the trip up here. Actually, any time you want to make the trip up because it seems when you get here, your team loses uh, after the siren or close to the siren.
0: Well, mate, we've got to watch the Bombers beat you guys on that this year, so oh. it never works how it is exactly as we expected. But, yeah, no, mate, <laughs> well, I'm I'm actually – it's funny when you talk about these things, and I'm sure the viewers are at home too because you get – um, that recency bias. So you're talking about Commonwealth just then, you're like, okay, do I look at putting Dacos in my team now? Yeah. And all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, do I try to fit Parrish into my team now or that? So, yeah, and the, probably the last one we'll do is, the, you know, the, hopefully it's the Western Bulldogs and not West Coast because I'd rather my whole team look like the Bulldogs and otherwise it's going to be a bit sad if it's all West Coast players. But, yeah, it's always the case with these things, but definitely a bit of food for thought.
1: Yeah, and there's too many um, was it too many sheep? Not enough farmers, I yep. think is um, is what's happening. And a lot of people kind of go, oh, that looks good, and then the other that formula formula looks good, or these players look good, so everyone just kind of jumps. on. and then they kind of hit, hey, what's the percentage of players picked? Oh, let's just kind of pick all the mm. top players. And um, yeah, even with the, the Essendon rookie at 102,000, I'm not sure if it's because he's a good a sure deal or it's a lot of people stingy and going, I want a 102k player uh, in my formula and in my structure to kind of free up cash. So. Look, I think Essendon is definitely one to watch. It's going to be very interesting. And um, I actually don't mind – I know it's fun, right, but I actually don't mind watching them play, generally speaking, because, you know, I'd much rather watch, you know, Parrish, Zach Merritt and stuff than that. Then, okay, well, I'm like, well, Collingwood, who have they, who have they got?
0: Yeah, well, that's right. That,
1: yeah, you know, Dugowie in a forward line. But, like, is yeah. it, as far as, you know, premiums and, and that sort of stuff, and I know it's, uh, um, yeah, Collingwood play a really good brand as far as team football – um, but sometimes there's players who just like to watch and see.
0: Yeah, and from a supercoach perspective, like being a Richmond supporter, finally first year in a while that we've actually got some relevance, but the way we play would kind of play, it's not really super coach relevant players. It's just the game style. But if Essendon are gonna play some sort of you know, control game through their half backs where, you know, McGrath and Redmond and Ridley could be chipping the ball around to each other and then chipping it up to the wings and stuff you know, it might not be the most exciting footy compared to what the Bombers have played in the past, but from a super coach perspective, definitely something that, you know, Oh, hang on. I'm, I'm interested in here. This. Yeah. Carlton 2.0. Yep. Uh, Hey, don't worry.
1: Brisbane aren't that super coach relevant either, mate. Outside of, well, I guess Dunkley and Neil. Dun- well, Dunkley, Dunkley now, but yeah, outside of that, there wasn't too many hundred plus you know, players, not yeah, like yeah, the Bulldogs. Yeah. Just yeah. loaded up. So, uh, any final thoughts, any final questions on Essendon? Bro, you got anything to say?
2: No, just looking forward for the year. <laughs> yep, can only go up from here.
1: <laughs> and Swiss that. is like, "This is, yeah." Swiss is like, "This is forty <laughs> minutes, 40, forty minutes too long." <laughs> you say that now. <laughs> hey, no. how, hey, here's here's it's a question: How many it's going to be good? How many how many wins between Richmond and Essendon this year? As in the difference so on the ladder, right? Richmond on say twelve wins or whatever. How many wins between Richmond and Essendon?
2: I don't think Richmond will make me eight. So (laughs) what, four wins?
1: Four wins between them?
2: I'm calling it here and now. You're down. You're going down.
0: (laughs) See, I'm the complete opposite. I think the Bombers win six games and the Tigers win 16, so I'm calling it 10. So
1: you're calling 10?
0: Yeah. Bro, what are you saying? Four four Uh, games
1: difference?
2: We always sit around that 10-11 mark or whatever.
0: I don't know. Ten, eleven. So sixteen really minus eleven, five. No, oh, she's saying we're not making the eight anyway, so she's nearly saying zero. No, oh, I
2: don't care about Richmond. They're irrelevant to me.
1: <laughs> there you go. There's a, there's a side bet. Five <laughs> five wins difference.
2: Um, that's it from us. Stay tuned next
1: time. I think it's a Fremantle Dockers. Hopefully. Oh yeah. By the way, we didn't tell everyone, Chris. It was lovely. Uh, Chris had some really bad. Uh, connection issues. If anyone heard that on the uh, Collingwood podcast, it was just Chris and his bad Wi-Fi. So he uh, pretty much lagged out. I was running ping of like 360. So um, stay tuned next time. We'll go Fremantle and um, we'll talk to you
2: soon. Thanks,
0: Thanks for coming on, Brian.
2: Thanks, Brian. Bye. Bye.